1: Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal.
2: Welcome everybody, it's Eddie Trunk and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday at podcast1.com and iTunes, as you are probably hearing from the audio quality on this opening, not what it normally is because I am doing it remotely. I am actually uh, recording this from the Jersey Shore. We have a couple days off, don't have access to my uh, usual equipment, but that being said, I can tell you that uh, the interviews that you will hear and all the other content in the podcast once we get past the open will be of the usual top quality, just doing a fresh open here for you before we get to some of the uh, interviews and stuff I have for you this week. Remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, please do it by starting on my page, com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. The uh, Eddie Trunk podcast is new every Thursday and it's always free podcast1.com or iTunes. Thank you for listening however you do so around the world. Much appreciated. Just got back from Mexico. Had a uh, a cool trip there. I went to Mexico City where I did a press conference because in November I'm going to be touring the country of Mexico with Deep Purple and their special guest In Flames. They're going to be touring, uh doing their final tour of Mexico, and the Mexican promoter there uh, offered for me the opportunity to be a special guest on the tour, meaning that I'll just come out before the bands play, say hello to the crowd, intro each band, probably do some meet and greets, do whatever promotion I can in each market when we're there to help get the word out about the show. So that's... um. You know, that's kind of my role. It's kind of undefined. Also, I just found out that the Mexican promoter is going to be doing a documentary about Deep Purple's final tour of Mexico. So I'm sure I'll be having some involvement in that once that is all sorted out. The tour happens in November. So we got a little time still. But he wanted to do a press conference to announce the tour. And asked me to come over and, uh, be interviewed and, and be a part of it. So I was over there on Friday of last week. I flew in on Thursday, flew out on Saturday. And on Friday, I did this press conference. Deep Purple, Ian Gillen, Ian Pace, and Roger Glover Skyped in during the interview. But it was honestly, it was a little dicey. The connection was bad and it wasn't, uh, it was very tough to hear. So that didn't go all that well. But, they at least tried to be a part of it, and In Flames, uh, Bjorn from In Flames joined us as well. Interesting billing. A lot has been made of the billing of In Flames, which are more of a, a much heavier, much more metal band than certainly Deep Purple, and how is that going to work, and how are the audience going to accept it? Look promoters and and the promoter did that specifically for that reason in flames is going to bring a younger crowd and a different crowd than deep purple would bring and that is actually the idea now is everybody going to like in flames that's a deep purple fan absolutely not and probably vice versa but it it is the idea you know and you see that happening with a lot of music festivals too where people are trying to mix it up to get different audience and demographics in there And that is, you know, that's very common now in festivals. Talk about that all the time where all these festivals these days have super diverse lineups. You're going to start seeing that more and more because, sure, okay, maybe half the lineup you don't like. But if you like the other half of the lineup and that's enough to get you there, you're still going to go. And then what are you going to be doing for the time that there's a band playing you don't care about? You're going to be spending your money on the very pricey food and drink that is offered at these events. So there's a method to all of this and in the case of the um of in flames on tour with deep purple yeah it definitely is a is is a bit of a a stretch as far as billing because in flames is such a heavier band but um it's going to work and obviously well they're going to try to make it work we'll see how it works and obviously there's a reason for it and the in flames guys i mean they're they're from sweden i mean they're they're thrilled obviously to have the opportunity to play with legends like Deep Purple who were certainly influential on on them and uh, as Bjorn was saying during the press conference his dad was a big purple fan and his all excited, you know was was uh the guy who introduced him i think Bjorn said his dad had passed away but he he was the guy that introduced uh bjorn to two deep purple so i'm looking forward to doing this tour going to mexico for the the day and a half was very cool meeting the people i'll be working with uh getting an opportunity to meet some fans getting an opportunity to meet a lot of media did a bunch of interviews uh print a big radio show over there um woman named martha dabalia i think that's how you say her name i probably destroyed her name but very nice woman and a very popular radio show while i was on her show the uh, you know, my Twitter was blowing up people writing to me in Spanish, so I don't speak Spanish. Unfortunately, I wish that I would have paid attention to Spanish class when I was in high school because it's killing me right now. But um, a fun, quick visit to Mexico and looking forward to the full tour in November. If you are listening to this and you are in Mexico, I'll be seeing you at all the stops on Deep Purple's tour except Tijuana. I'm not doing the first date of the tour. I'll start in Chihuahua and do the rest of the uh, the time there. And I'll be doing my radio show every day. My serious XM show on, on uh, volume, I am still going to be doing that. Every day, regardless of where I am, as a matter of fact, when I was in Mexico, I did it from Mexico City. I did it from the hotel. It went off flawlessly. So you will get, if you are a listener, you know I do a ton of travel, as you know, if you keep up with me. And if you are a regular listener of the volume show, which I hope you are every day on Sirius XM Channel 106, live 2 to 4 Eastern. Replay every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. That show will be delivered, as usual, wherever I am in the world. So be listening, and uh, should be fun doing them from over in, in Mexico. The only thing I made a mistake on about being in Mexico, which, you know, they always tell you, don't drink the water, don't drink the water, it'll mess you up. And I inadvertently must have drank the water because I got the old Montezuma's Revenge, as they call it. And I'm still dealing with it at the time I'm recording this open on on the Monday prior to the post day of Thursday. But I, I you know, my favorite drink is unsweetened iced tea, fresh brewed, unsweetened iced tea, just with a little lemon in it, you know, green, black, whatever. I'm, I'm, It's my favorite drink, right? So I quickly learned that it's not that popular of a drink in other parts of the world, and it's very tough to find. So in Mexico... I got one at there at a Starbucks and realized oh they're using tap water probably. And then I also got one in the airport at a restaurant there and same deal, oh it's probably tap water. And it did kick my ass for a couple of days uh, in every way. <laughs> so note to self when I do go back there, bottled water only and I'm going to have to abstain from yeah, you know, my iced tea, unless it's made with, uh, with bottled water, because it did, did, uh, knock me out for a little bit. But anyway, um, otherwise, aside from that, really, really great trip. So that's what's, uh, that was my latest adventure. As you guys are hearing this, I'm traveling to Columbus, Ohio, and I'm going to be already shooting a uh, season two start shooting of Trunk Fest on Access TV this weekend at a country festival, honestly, I don't even know what the festival is or much about it or who the artists are. I just know that I'm going there, and that's usually how these things work. I w- I roll in and here's what we're doing and I go do it. If you've watched the show, you know that it's a lot of first-time experiences for me, so kind of go into them blindly and just let them rip. So, even though we're starting to shoot season 2 of Trunk Fest, we, uh, you won't be seeing it until sometime next year because I need to get them all done and then they start rolling them out. So, first episode of Season 2 shooting this weekend, but... Uh, the season two won't premiere on Access TV till sometime next year. More information when I can. But we're going to try to get, I guess, three or four episodes in the can before the end of festival season, and then a bunch at the start of next year's festival season. So I'm thinking by early summer, late spring, maybe you'll have a chance to uh, t- to see the. Um, to see the second season but i'm thrilled that we're doing more just had a marathon of trunk fest on access tv heard from a bunch of people who saw the show for the first time because it was presented in marathon format so thank you for that thank you for all the kind words uh watching trunk fest and uh you know the deal like i said the daily radio show and you know getting closer now to the hair nation tour which I will be hosting select dates of, including a bunch of the West Coast dates when the tour first starts. I will be at the Wiltern in Los Angeles. That's the 14th of September. I'll be in Anaheim at the House of Blues on the 15th. I will be at Phoenix in Phoenix at Van Buren, and I'll be at the House of Blues in Vegas. All of those in that week of September 14th through 20th. And check your local listings if you're in that area. Of course, that bill is Enough's Enough opening, followed by Bullet Boys, followed by Jack Russell's Great White. I'll just basically be there at those dates, uh, introing the bands, bringing them on, saying hello, that sort of thing. I'm also doing the Houston show. So those are the five dates now that I am confirmed to do for the Hair Nation Tour. Sorry about some of the cities I could not do. Just uh, my schedule just too stacked and wasn't able to get to all of them. But I'll see you in those cities for the Hair Nation Tour if you happen to be there and uh, plan on attending. So that's what's coming up in the immediate future. Let me uh, and, And as usual, you know the deal, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter where I'm most active, keep you updated with everything I have going on and eddytrunk.com. Please be sure to check it. My appearances on the homepage, music news updated daily about all the artists you care about and a whole lot more. So that's the best stuff. You know, keep an eye on the site, be sure to follow on Twitter and there's the Instagram and the fan Facebook page for you as well. Coming up in October, uh, there's a bunch of stuff, but that's still a little bit down the road. A couple more shows at the IDL coming up in October, including Sebastian Bach, including Tom Kiefer. So be coming to Tulsa again soon. Just um, the rock keeps rolling here, folks, and uh, looking forward to getting to all of it. So speaking of getting uh, moving forward, let's get to our interviews this week. I've got two for you. And the timing is great because they are both with artists who just kicked off U.S. tours. We're going to start with Klaus Meina of Scorpions. Klaus called into my SiriusXM volume show last week to talk about the upcoming Scorpions run of dates, which are really makeup dates from some shows he had to cancel. Uh, and a heads up to you guys, I was supposed to host the Scorpion show at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood on September 12th. Due to my schedule and some changes in my schedule, I am unable to get there for that show. So that uh, I will not be attending personally but you guys should definitely check that out if you're in south florida september 12th Seminole hard rock for scorpions and queensrike but coming up klaus mina from scorpions oh and by the way speaking of the hard rock september 15th sammy hagar is there another show that i was hoping to be able to host but i'll be on the west coast so september 15th Seminole hard rock in hollywood sammy hagar and the circle don't miss that one either so first up Interview with Klaus from Scorpions, he called from Germany to talk about these upcoming dates and whether the band's going to keep going or not and a bunch of other cool stuff. Always fun to talk to Klaus, he's up first and then I'll follow that with an interview with Glenn Hughes. Glenn just kicked off a tour playing nothing but Deep Purple music and he'll be out in the U.S. doing that and as you're about to hear, he's going to continue doing that for a year or two. So Glenn Hughes going, just like David Coverdale ed, did, very hard into Deep Purple mode for the next year or so, and that tour just kicked off in America. He did it in Europe already, but they just started doing it in America. So the timing on both of these interviews is good because both of these artists are just getting ready to start touring so we'll get to it in just a second. First up, Klaus Mina from Scorpions, followed by Glenn Hughes, two rock legends on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. We'll get started with those interviews right after this.
1: The Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? Same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you this true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want, and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. On this
0: season of Cold Case Files, we'll close the book on the Golden State Killer, a serial killer so prolific investigators spent years thinking he was three different people.
1: I think this offender is the most brazen in American history.
0: We'll find cryptic clues on business cards, diaries, and tombstones.
1: This defendant left his calling card at the scene of crime.
0: Get new episodes of Cold Case Files every Tuesday on Podcast One and your favorite podcast app.
1: This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. we got a couple of rock legends for you coming up a little bit later. Glenn Hughes talking about his upcoming Deep Purple Tour, and or not upcoming. It's happening right now. But first up, we'll talk to Klaus Mina of Scorpions. Scorpions just getting ready to do some dates in the U.S., a handful of them, a truly global band. They play all over the world, but a handful of shows coming up here in the U.S. For all the Scorpions fans around the world, enjoy this conversation with klaus mina which take uh, took place last week again all interviews are courtesy of trunk nation my daily show heard live on sirius xm 106 volume every day 2 to 4 p.m eastern time and replaying every night 9 to 11 p.m eastern so here you go klaus from scorpions interview number one on the eddie trunk podcast klaus how are you hey eddie i'm fine how are you huh good Sorry, we had a little trouble getting a connection going there, but now we got you loud and clear. How you in Germany now?
3: Yeah, it, it sounds good to me, my man. <laughs> it's all cool.
2: Good. What have you been up to, man? You guys have been out working. You've been touring all over the world, or are you getting ready to? I know you're getting ready to do these U.S. shows, but have you been out previously uh, touring around?
3: Oh yes. Well, we've been touring uh, since May, pretty much. Uh, we've been in Mexico at the Hell and Heaven Festival you know, did did some Mexican dates, and since uh, early June, we played more than 20 shows all over the summer, uh, like from London to Paris, Tel Aviv, Athens, Barcelona, Verona, Italy, you know, uh, it's been an amazing trip, and we had so much fun, you know, and uh, it looks like we're pretty much warmed up for the U.S. now.
2: Well, you got U.S. dates coming up. Uh, some of these are makeup shows, and some are a couple added shows. You start August 31st in Lake Tahoe. And the dates are all up at the-dash-scorpions.com for folks listening to see where the band is coming. Uh, you'll be in Irvine, California, Phoenix, San Antonio, Dallas, the Hard Rock in Hollywood on September 12th. That's in Florida, and then you end at least in the U.S. in Tampa, in Florida on September 14th. So, and then from there you've got a little break, and then you go to Beirut. I mean, Klaus. I mean, I know you've been doing this for decades, but it's always remarkable to me the love for Scorpions around the globe that you guys literally can go anywhere in the world and have these huge crowds. Why do you think that is? There's only a handful of bands that can do that, that have huge followings all over the world, no matter what country or territory they go to. Do you think that's just something that you guys built over the decades because of you, of, of all the touring?
3: Yeah, uh, definitely. We, we have built it over the decades, you know, and, uh, we want we just wanted to go everywhere you know and like the huge success we enjoyed throughout the 80s in the united states you know so the end of the 80s we wanted to go and see the other side we wanted to go east you know so and we were one of the first bands played in the soviet union back then you know and uh we always wanted to go to places uh, where you know not too many bands uh, played before you know and uh it's pretty amazing we played like in 20 degrees below in Siberia and also like in the, in the really like the summer heat of Manaus at the Amazon and uh I mean yes it's fascinating and it's amazing to see with the power of music uh that we're all pretty much connected, you know, through music. We all need music in good times, bad times, you know. And uh, when it comes to places like the Middle East, we just played a show in Tel Aviv, which was fantastic. And now we're looking forward to this show in Lebanon, in Beirut. Uh, We've been there many times, like in Israel as well. And uh, it's fascinating to see uh, that from our point of view, you know, in the world of music, in the world of emotions, people singing the same songs and we're all pretty much the same, pretty much very much connected, you know, and, and that really feels good and shows you really the power of of music, you know.
2: Well see that's just the thing. You can bands can try to go and play all over the world, but they have to have their music their music has to make a connection. A lot of times the the, the, the music is not in the, the language. The, the people may not understand uh, the, the, the language you're singing in English. They may not know. The music has to make a connection, whether it's the, the, the lyrics, whether it's the sound of the music, whether it's whatever it is. For whatever reason, the yeah. music you've made over all and these years with Scorpions, thing, it makes a connection.
3: We also... We're also connecting with a young audience, with the young rock generation, you know. There are so many uh, young Scorpions fans out there, and that feels so amazing to see they know all the songs and uh, to play in front of three generations. That's just wonderful, connecting also the generations. And like the most loyal fans... Following us for so many years, then the back of the arena, watching the young ones in front of the stage going crazy, singing blackout on the top of their lungs, you know, and going crazy to songs they did like back in the 80s, you know. So that really feels great. And I tell you, after all these years, we feel it's it's a privilege still be out there, and that we have a chance even now and to come back to America. And finally, we had a chance to reschedule those shows sorry that it took so long, you know, but finally we're doing it, and we're coming back uh, to America, and uh, what can you do, you know, like last year we had such an amazing tour, it started at the Garden in New York, you know, we went all over the place, and uh, Chicago, Seattle, you know, Den- Denver, L.A., you know, and then like, yeah, a virus strikes, and, and then the buddy shows you a red card for a singer, and that's really bad, you know, and, as much as fun as we have touring all over the world you know but when something like this happens and you have to cancel shows uh it's it always uh feels really bad you know because you don't want to let the fans down so And you follow it up on, 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 on Facebook, of course. And there's so many get well wishes. And also people going, oh, come on, Scorpius, now you're playing Russia, you know. When are you coming back to the States? So finally, uh, 2018, almost a year later, you know, we're coming back, and that feels really, really good.
2: And how do you feel personally, Klaus? I mean, how, how do you feel about your voice? We, we see, and we're out of time now, where so many of the great legendary bands like Scorpions and so many others, uh, some have said like yourself I mean Scorpions at one point a number of years ago you said you were going to retire and then of course you didn't. A number of bands have done that but we're seeing some of these, you know Deep Purple is announcing they're finally, they're going to kind of end some of the legendary bands are going away and retiring. One of my favorite bands in the world, UFO, Phil Mogg said I'm 70, I'm done next year I'm done. What are your thoughts? I mean you, you You toyed with the idea of retirement before. How are you feeling now? What does the future look like?
3: You know, the thing is, we have a much different view now. And it's also, again, it's a young generation. That's the fuel that keeps us going, you know. It's really motivating. And uh, to be honest, you know, every other year, you take a look around the corner. Can we do this? Can we still deliver on the same high level, you know, the way... Uh, we used to do it, you know, and that's the only way, and it's only fun if you can go out there and play a great rock show, wherever you, you do it, you know, and uh, like in the last couple of weeks, it, it just, we had so much fun, you know, but then you get sick on the road like like I did last year with a with a severe laryngitis, you know, what can you do? There's not a chance, and then sometimes, of course, you know, you ask yourself, how long can we do this? You know, and especially for for singers, and I know i 'm not the only one uh, and, but it's always sometimes uh, you ask yourself, Klaus, come on, how much how and how long can you keep up this level you know and then you go out there, everything feels good, and the band is hot, and with mickey with Mickey D, we have a new drummer in the band since two thousand and sixteen, who gives us also a whole new shot of fresh energy. And uh, it's such a great show, you know, and it feels so good. And then, I mean, if you ask me, uh, it's go it goes like, okay, let- let's do it. And then you're making plans for next year, and all <laughs> of a sudden you're thinking about 2020, and you go, come <laughs> on, what? You know, 2020? So, But to be honest, you know, to tell the truth, when you're so used to it for so many years, all those decades, and... Uh, I mean, to handle it any other way would feel wrong right now. And, of course, we had our moments of doubt when we said, okay, maybe we should retire, maybe this is a good moment, and then we realized uh, we were wrong, you know, because there's still a lot of sting in the tail, you know, so to speak, and it, it still feels good. Otherwise... I think there's such a demand for the Scorpions. And you said we're one of the few bands who really play this global stage. And uh, if there wasn't this kind of demand, you know, so of course, there's no point after so many years and you better go, well, I go home and take it easy. But there's such a strong demand and that's really feels good and challenging. You know, it's a challenge. And, uh, of course you know you don't do it for the business it's a good business yes but you don't do it for the business and for the money you do it for the fun you do it for what's what's inside of you what's in your blood what's in what's in your in your your veins and that's the rock and roll music and you want to go out and play in front of an audience because that's what it's all about And again, you know, coming back to the States now, we've been there so many times. We're so proud to have such a loyal fan base for so many years. And we don't take it for granted, you know. This is uh, something really special. Uh, We're a German band. We're a European band, you know. And there are not too many bands that came from Europe, that came from Germany, uh, who made it big in the United States, playing stadiums and, and arenas. You know, so we're proud of that, and we will never forget what America meant for us in the early days, when we came over for the first time in '79 and played with Ted Nugent, and, and learned from the greatest bands and, and became part of the international rock family. We will never forget that means so much.
2: What, what was your impression like when? Because I was talking about this earlier. Scorpions existed for many years before you came to America. You had all those records with Yuli that some people in America knew, but a lot of people did not. And then you come over for the first time in 79. What, what was it? What, what, are your, what do you remember about that? What do you remember about your first time? And, you, and I didn't know you toured with Nugent, who was probably even crazier then than he is now. <laughs> so what do you remember about coming to the I U.S.? Mean- for the first time
3: I mean I, I remember you know being out there with, with Nugent uh, and, and ACDC you know still with Bon Scott and I remember having breakfast with Bon Scott you know we were talking about the show and uh, you know so it was all new for us you know and uh with Ted, he opened the show like uh, being Tarzan, you know, Tarzan in the jungle, swinging <laughs> with a with a rope on stage. You know, it was like in a Tarzan outfit. You know, it was like totally crazy, and uh, but it was entertainment, you know. And we saw a lot of different things. Like in Europe, you know, the bands go on stage; they play one song after the other. In America, it was like. A lot of talking between songs, a lot of entertainment, storytelling, you know some crazy stuff, and to entertain the audience and I remember like uh some something's happening in Philadelphia, you know, I think at the spectrum, and uh in Ted's show, uh the electricity broke down, or whatever you know, and uh, he was up there not not leaving the stage, he was up there. Entertaining the audience like twenty thousand people, telling stories until the power was back and they continued the show. You know, I mean, amazing stuff. And we we had a great time with Aerosmith, Van Halen. You know, playing the us Festival. You know, I mean, it was like Modley crew Ozzy Osbourne, all those bands. Judas Priest played in the afternoon. You know, and we were second on the bill with Van Halen. Come on, you know, we're still like a young band. And there were a lot of fans going like, "Wow, Scorpions stole the show last night!" You know, it was big, big, big time and uh, amazing, amazing achievement. And uh, this put us on the world map of rock.
2: Did it take you and the band by surprise when Blackout was the breakthrough album in America? When you were making that record, I know you went through a lot of challenges to make that record personally, but did you feel it when you were recording Blackout that no one like you uh, would become the, the the breakthrough song at that time that really would put the band on the map in the U.S.?
3: I mean, the songwriting improved so much, you know, and you're right. I, I went through really like... Uh, Troubled times. There was a dark cloud, and uh, f- for a long time it was not clear if I would continue singing with the band. You know, so of course this album it was a key moment uh, in in the career of the Scorpions. And uh, in the studio, you know, we always tried to go over the edge to take it to the limit with every song. Uh, the fact that there was a lot of energy and there. There were always songs that had great riffs, like "Blackout," you know, "Can't Live Without You," all that stuff. Uh, but also, it had a, a very melodic power, you know, like in "No One Like You." You know, it was beautiful guitar work from Matthias. And, and and Rudolf added the 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 crazy. He was the crazy riff master, and I was uh, I was coming in, you know, with my. Fr- from surgery twice you know my vocal cords were fresh like a virgin you know and i i laid down those those vocal tracks and uh, i i found myself competing with Don Dokken you know who was in there while i was in the hospital you know he was making those those tracks singing those tracks while i was not there you know so i came back and of course you know i gave it all i had you know and to give it All the power in the world because this was, I was the lead singer in the Scorpions and I wanted to to stay there. And uh, I never forget, and I probably told it many times, you know, uh, when I think there were not only Don Dokken but also other people, you know, they were just waiting to to get that job being the lead singer in in the band, you know. So, and I will never forget Rudolf who really. who really convinced me when when I told him, "Ah, come on, Rudolf, you know you guys go on, and uh, I have a feeling I, I cannot do this anymore you know and, and it was Rudolf who convinced me finally uh, to 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 do it anyway anyhow and uh, and I did you know, and I, of course it, when this album was released and it became such a smash, you know it uh, was the best thing happen. Uh, and and a very special moment in time, and something I I never uh, forgot. You know, I never I never will forget. And uh, so blackout was was really really special, intense. But it it showed some of of the best uh, work, like in, in the songwriting. You know, what you power and it's it's uh, no wonder uh, today uh, that there are, uh, those songs still in the set and. Uh, But it's amazing, a whole new generation of rock fans, at least in Europe and the rest of the world. Maybe we could work a little harder in in America, where it's more focused on the 80s audience. Uh, But as far as the young audience goes, it's so crazy to see them sing Blackout and Rock You Like a Hurricane, which was the album after Blackout, like Love at First Thing. Mm -hmm. And we had such a good run uh, in those days. And it was all together, one, uh, one uh, track of power with the recordings and the touring at the same time, you know, going in the studio, coming out, hitting the road, going all over America, going all over the world, and back into the studio. This was like the circle of life, you know, and we did it and enjoyed it so much. So how can we stop this today? You know, so I'm not saying we go back to the studio next year, but who knows?
2: If a young fan came up to you, Klaus, and said, you know, somebody very young and said, what record should I buy first from Scorpions? If I, I want to learn about Scorpions, I want to hear the best record or the record to start with. What You have such an, a huge catalog of music over the decades. If a, new, a young fan wanted to discover Scorpions, what would you tell them is the first record they should buy in your catalog?
3: The first record should be in trance, you know? Then it should be, like Love Drive or Blackout, Love It First Thing, either one of them, you know, and it should be a crazy world as well, you know, and uh, it's impossible to, to track it down to one album, you know, it's really impossible because the 70s were an amazing time, and I know a lot of musicians, uh, also I know you talk to like Kurt Hammett from Metallica, and uh, like the Smashing Pumpkins, you know. So a lot of musicians, they were inspired by songs like The Sales of Sharon from Uli, you know, and uh, we did so much amazing stuff in those days as well. So it's like a chapter one and a chapter two maybe, and maybe even a chapter three, you know, but uh, it would be impossible to recommend one record because there's a lot of cool stuff in chapter one, the 80s, chapter two, you know, and uh, what's, what's after that, I would call sh- uh, chapter three, you know, and since Mickey D is in the band, uh, like I said, you know, it's so much power and energy and, uh, so much fun to, to, to play with him. And, uh, so we're definitely right now with all the m- melodies w- that, that are inside of us, you know, for all our lives uh, being musicians, uh, Scorpion has been always a melodic band. We're a classic rock band. Yes. Uh, but with, with Mickey coming from motorhead, you know, I can feel when we play live, there's a, there's a harder edge to the band right now, you know, and, uh, it feels good to play some of those old rockers and really give those songs the extra energy. You know, it feels really good and it's easy that way, uh, And that's what we went through in the last couple of months, couple of weeks here on this summer tour all over Europe. You know, you you simply forget your age. You know, you you really forget about it. And uh, okay, sometimes when you wake up in the morning, but (laughs) uh, mostly you're out there. And if it feels good, it's damn good, you know, and uh, age is just a number, you know.
2: Yeah, well, you've got such a great audience that comes out to your shows that drives you. And like you said, you're playing to different generations now. You're playing to people who have discovered the band at all different periods and then just getting into the the whole catalog of music, which I'll only keep you for a few more minutes, Klaus. But I wanted to ask you, when you do that now, when you guys get together to do a tour or do a show you have to take all of these different generations and people who are into different eras of the band into account. So when you put a, a set list together, who makes the call in the band? Is it usually it's the lead singer? So is it you that decides here's what we're playing tonight? Here's what the set list is going to be. How does that work? Cause you've got so much to pick from.
3: I know, I know. Yes. It's in the end of the day, it's me. Of course, you know, because, I want to make sure, you know, playing so, so many shows, whatever it is, you know, I want to make it all the way through to the end. And we have so many amazing tunes, uh, but to be realistic about it, you know, I mean, I'm just a human being, you know, and my instrument is such a small, very sensitive part of my body in my throat, you know, and uh, yes, yes, age is a number, but when it comes to that, you can feel over the years every singer's voice getting older is, is changing, you know, and uh, of course you're changing keys and that's just what you do and still pull it off and, and make it sound great, you know, but also you have to be realistic what, you, what really can be done on, on a stretch of shows like 20, 30 or even more like we used to play, I don't know, 70 shows or even more a year and you have to make it through so you pick very carefully what is realistic and what can be done and what works on stage the dynamics of a show don't play too many ballads let it rock you know throw some ballads in play some vintage stuff play some new stuff play all the big classics and then you're easy with two hours and maybe uh over it you know and even two hours plus so you have to keep it in a good way that you can make it work, you know, and that's, that call is on me at the end of the day. I know there are many, that's why you asked this question, maybe, I know there are many, many fans saying, come on, Klaus, you got to change the set list, you know, and you have so many great songs in your catalog, come on, give us this, give us that, you know, but the truth is, with this kind of production, there's so much, uh, upfront work in the LEDs or the the the, the uh, contents we put in there and it's not so easy to change things around while you're out there on the road here and then we, we throw a song in or out you know that's what we do yes but to change the whole set it takes a whole lot of different preparation and, and upfront work to, to, to set it up and make it work at the end of the day you know come on it's it's very uh hard to please everybody but in the end it's important i get through with it and it works and it's a great show you play all the big hits the kids come to here and uh something new something old and something even from the 70s and that's a it's a fantastic and powerful set and and really to replace songs and play the whole set different if you really would change things it's so difficult because you totally change the dynamics of a set and that's not so easy and if you play something different just because you want to play something different or people want to listen to different songs you're not automatically end up with a better set you know and in the end it's always you go for the better and for a strong set that's what you want to play and what you want to give to the crowd
2: it's been uh, three years since the last scorpions album since return to forever do you want to make another record at some point or are you mostly concentrated on just playing the catalog live
3: you know i think we never would say no you know because it's so much in our veins you know to to have this rhythm of touring making records being creative, you know, going back into the studio, but you know it's we just put an album out in two thousand and fifteen with with nineteen songs with all the extras and bonus tracks for Japan and whatsoever you know so it's a lot of takes a lot of time, takes a lot of work in the studio, and I think we might be ready next year at least to go back. And, and come together and start songwriting, and let's see what comes out. You know, at the end of the day, to make an album, to go back into a studio, you have to f- have the feeling we have great material, there are great songs, and it's time now to do it, and really to top yourself, and at least give it a try, and it, it only makes sense if you, everybody feels it in the band, if everybody wants it, and we know the fans want it, and if we feel we have the right material, the right songs, the right setup, uh, I, th- I think we might go back into the studio and 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 maybe surprise a lot of people, you know. So, but if we do it, we definitely go for the harder edge of the scorpions. And but if that will be reality, we have to figure out and we have to see uh, how how things will turn out uh, at the end of this year into next year and if everybody is ready uh, to go for another challenge and really try and go for the best, because that's all what counts in the end of the day. If you make another album, then you better come out with something strong. And there are a few examples of bands our generation, like Judas Priest recently, uh, Deep Purple as well, they came up with with really uh, strong new albums, you know, so it can be done and let let's see what what life we bring
2: and last thing klaus before i let you go you know scorpion celebrated 50 years recently since the very very beginning of the band the, the, you've had an influence on so many rock and metal artists people you know you're still going you're still going strong is the i i obviously feel strongly that a band like scorpion should be in the rock and roll hall of fame do you feel does do you guys think about that? Does that bother you? Do you would you like to be considered do, do does it bother you that you haven't been? What is your take on that? I know when you have a fan base like the fan base you have, it's easy to say who cares? We have so many great fans who cares about something like that. But as one of the original members of the band, does it would you like to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Would you accept that? Is it something you'd like to see happen in your career?
3: I think they just started recently uh, putting rock bands heavy bands heavy metal bands <laughs> it's pretty much bands true there, you yeah. know
2: that 's pretty true yes you're right they, they
3: just started they just started i i, I think uh, of course, we would feel very honored you know this is uh, something uh to be inducted into the rock Roll hall of fame definitely would be something, and I think our fans around the world would be proud of that as well you know it's it's something very special after all. And I I know my friend John Bon Jovi uh, was uh, Bon Jovi. They were inducted recently, you know. So I think there might be uh, a change in politics, like uh, when they start putting, putting in now uh, like heavy metal or classic rock bands. They haven't done this for, I think, forever. And uh, there are many bands who would be proud to be inducted, you know. And uh, for us being a european band, being a german band, uh it it would mean the world.
2: Well, now that John Bon Jovi is is finally in, he has a vote and I have a vote, so maybe two votes right there for Scorpions. So we're going to work to get you guys in. It's overdue. We need to see that happen. So I'm going to start beating the drum for that campaign here in the US very soon. Very cool, very cool, Eddie. <laughs> We need we That's need great. to see Wonderful, We need you know? to see the Hall of Fame rock like a hurricane a little bit, Klaus. We need it.
3: Yeah, we like to rock the Hall of Fame like a hurricane. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I you- mean we're ready and uh of course it's it's something very special and uh let's see what the future will bring, you know, but but this is up to a lot of things, and, uh, but it was great to see that Bon Jovi got inducted now, and you just joined uh, a very special family there, and uh, we would love to be part of that family, definitely.
2: Well, we can say for the immediate future here in the U.S., you can see Scorpions playing August 31st. The uh, the run of shows starts in uh, at the Lake Tahoe Outdoor Am- Outdoor Arena State Line. You've got Irvine, California on September 2nd. You've got Phoenix on the 5th. You've got San Antonio on the 7th. You've got Dallas on the 9th. The Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida on the 12th. And on September 14th, you wrap up in the U.S. in Tampa at the Amelie Arena. Go to the scorpion. For more information, VIP packages, tickets, and keep up with everything the band has going. Klaus, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. I hope to see you when you're here in the U.S. And send my best to the rest of the guys, okay?
3: I will, Eddie. Okay. It was great to talk to you again, and I hope to see you soon over there, okay?
2: All right. Safe travels, my friend. I'll see you soon.
3: Thank you, Eddie. Bye-bye then.
2: Bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to Klaus from Scorpions for checking in. Always good to talk to him. Coming back after the break, another interview, a double dip this week. Glenn Hughes, known as the voice of rock, he is next on the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
1: This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
2: Podcast one is the leading destination for the best and most popular TV and film podcast. We've teamed up with the Collider Network to bring you a number of shows, including one-on-one with Christian Harloff, where he interviews actors, directors, and more. And also two-time Survivor contestant Rob Sesternino. With his show, Rob has a podcast where he covers all of your Survivor, Big Brother, and Amazing Race needs. Don't miss out on all the AfterBuzz TV podcasts. They cover it all. To find all of these shows and more, go to podcastone.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
1: Shut it down! Hi, I'm John Taffer. You probably know me because I've rescued thousands of bars, hundreds of them on TV. That's your future. Broken! I'm also a best-selling author. And I've owned and operated a bunch of other businesses. But now, I'm here on Podcast One with my new show, No Excuses. I only yell at calls. Every Tuesday, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm giving you all things Bar Rescue, insider peaks of what's going on on the set, current events and topics you care about, with in-your-face analysis, and you know how straight I can be. And I'm going to have unforgettable guest interviews with the world's most interesting people, and I'm going to ask them the questions that nobody else has ever asked them. And yes, sometimes I can be a bit of an ass, but I'm going to shut it down every Tuesday and make no excuses. It's going to be the number one show here on Podcast One. Listen to it every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, on the Podcast One app, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember, rate and review it, or I'm going to shut you down. This is the Eddie Trunk
2: Podcast. Welcome back everybody we got a great doubleheader this week just heard from Klaus Mina of Scorpions and now we segue to another rock legend and a rock and roll hall of famer as a member of Deep Purple Glenn Hughes I've known Glenn for many many years Glenn Hughes is a remarkable story in the fact that he is still alive still one of the greatest singers you will ever hear and when I say that you know it's remarkable he's still alive. I mean that because if you know Glenn's story uh, and his his issues in in the past, it truly is amazing. And even more amazing if you've ever heard the man sing and how unbelievably good he still is. So without further ado, let's get to Glenn Hughes, who I, I surprised a little bit with this interview. It turned out that uh, I had the wrong date. And ended up talking to Glenn a couple days earlier. He was not prepared to do this interview. I caught him in his car driving to rehearsal. But we knocked it out and uh, still made the best of it as you're about to hear. Enjoy Glenn Hughes, part two, or interview number two, I should say, on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. How are you, my friend?
4: Eddie, how are you? Miss you, brother. Miss you. How are you?
2: I'm good. Did we surprise you? Did you forget about this one? (laughs)
4: <laughs> brother i thought it was thursday uh, i just checked my message about an hour ago and of course i'm all good right now i just pulled over i'm in the car okay. i'm ready to go young man i'm ready to go okay
2: good good i just want to make sure we got you at a good time so uh you got me at a great time how you feeling man how are you how's your health good i just got back from europe last night
4: uh as you know i know you know what i'm doing i've never i repeat never been this busy since the 70s, you know. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. You know what I'm talking about, Eddie. I've wished for this, and, and I'm really happy to and grateful to be doing what I'm doing.
2: Well, yeah, I and I understand, too. I mean, I'm the same way. I, for what I'm doing, I've never been busier, and I thought that I'd be winding down at this point in my life, and it's busier than it's ever me, been. Me, too. Me but, too. I'm, I, I mean, I, I, I'm lucky and blessed to have the work, and people care about what you do. You know, that's, that's a really important and, and, and grateful thing.
4: I just think that there are times in life where if you if you work for them, if you've been working, if you you know building up to something and then you keep your hands on the wheel and you know wishes sometimes are fulfilled, and that's what's going on with me. Nobody more grateful, Mr. Trump, than your your Glenn Hughes this year. Nobody more grateful, I'm really happy.
2: So as I mentioned to everybody, Glenn is getting ready to go out and do a show, a show where, he, where he will perform his, his history with Deep Purple. Glenn, why now? Why now was the right time for you to do this and embrace the, the albums you made with Purple?
4: Uh, I'm going to be very honest with you. About a year and a half ago, I my office was in, inundated with uh, requests from promoters across the planet, maybe for the first time ever, to do... Something, you know, like this, a legacy of songs from Purple. Remember, David did the Purple White Snake record about three years ago. And I think people in general, I mean, promoters and, and hardcore Deep Purple fans were maybe wishing I would do something similar. So, a year, about last September, Eddie, I went to Australia, New Zealand, did a really great tour in those markets. And, you know, we just decided, hey, let's, let's get this into America, and, and here we go.
2: So, you've done the, the Purple show outside of the U.S. already. You've done a bunch of shows playing it already.
4: I've done it. I did it this summer again with, you know, Sweden Rock and some things, you know, in Madrid and, and you know, uh, about four other markets in Europe. And it was a very successful little run. So, and now I'm just really excited to bring it to the States.
2: And, you know, as I've always said, Glenn, Deep Purple, all the incarnations of the band, I think here in the U.S. looked upon a little bit differently than outside of the U.S. Because, of course, you were in the band. You can attest to this. Outside of America, I mean, Deep Purple is looked at in the same sort of scope and lens as Led Zeppelin and The Who. And, yeah. and rightfully in that here yeah. in the U.S., it's 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 a little different. Do, do you also feel that? Um.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't lie to you. It, it, it is. I mean, back in the day, Eddie, when we were doing the soccer stadiums and, you know, the and all the things we did, you know, it was off, off the charts around the California Jam period, you know, but in hindsight, I think over the course of the last 30 years, it's been a slightly different for Deep Purple. Um, but again, you know, the shows are going great, tickets are doing great, and... I think fans are really looking forward to it. I just want to let you know that really, I'm not doing strict studio arrangements of the songs. I'm doing maybe a couple of vibes from California Jam, something from Live in London, something from Live in from Paris. It's, it's a little bit of a different technique I'm doing on these songs. I want to give the fans something more explosive, more aggressive, fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. So that's what I'm bringing to the stage.
2: Now, of course, you were a part of uh, of three Deep Purple records, three really good Deep Purple records. Of course, Stormbringer, Burn, and the one with Tommy Bolin, Come Taste the Band. Are you doing stuff from all three of those records?
4: Yes, I am. I am. I, I've gone over the catalog. There's so many songs, as you know. But I think I've pulled the right, the right songs to give the audience exactly what they would want to hear. Um, again, it's a, a pretty... Any wild evening, it's not a comfortable set for me. I I, I go back in and and give it some 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 real GH stuff. Uh, but again, Eddie, uh, this is not a Glenn Hughes kind of a solo band performance. I'm really looking at this as sounding more like Mark three and four. So it's not a Glen like Hughes solo performance. It's Glenn Hughes doing Le- deep Purple songs kind of thing with a really uh, emphasis on a real Hammond sound and a Stratocaster and those Ludwig drums. It's more, you know, dedicated to that.
2: And will you do songs that you were, from records that you didn't make with Purple? Like, will you, will you, because obviously when you were originally in the band, you played uh, material yes, previous that than you had made. We so are, are you taking it from that approach or are you only focused on the three records that you made with the band?
4: Great question, Eddie, and the answer is very simple. When I put the set list together about 15 months ago, two of the songs which I'm doing this coming weekend in New York weren't on the list, and my manager said to me, "If you and this is this is quite a bit of a history thing, and you'll relate to this, Eddie. I think David and I sang Smoke on the Water more than Ian did in the, in the 70s because Smoke on the Water came out a year before Ian left. So David and I did that song a lot, and it was a great thing for David and I to do. And also the same as highway Star. So what I'm going to do on these shows, Eddie, I'm going to give these songs a go through. I'm, I, I would, as you know me well, I would never sing anything that I didn't feel was the right delivery. Or can I do this? Can I make this happen? I think what I'm doing with Smoke on the Water, and, and at the end of Smoke, I sing Georgia on my mind, like yesterday with Blackmore. And with, with with Highway Star, Chad and I, and, and my friend um, Steve, I recorded it. Sounded great. So what I'm saying, Eddie, I'm doing those two songs simply because I think it gives some some esteem to the show, and it's. I think I do pretty pretty damn good, good versions of them. So I think people will uh, will appreciate it.
2: Glenn, did going finally going long overdue? Finally going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Deep Purple, did that in some way inspire you to want to do this now as well? I, I wouldn't
4: say so on the on the event. Uh, the event was 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 nice, as you know, it was great. Um, I just think it's a, a matter of time catches up with you, and and there's no time. For me, as you know, I'm 67 years old today. And it's like. Oh, happy I- birthday! I didn't know it was today! Isn't it crazy? And I-, 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 I still haven't had a drink in almost 30 years.
2: Well, congratulations on that as well. But happy birthday, Glenn! I'm sorry I didn't realize your birthday was today.
4: No, I'm kind of you know a little bit embarrassed by you know getting a little older, but you know something I wouldn't
2: change. No, no, don't don't be. When you can still sing and perform like you, Glenn, don't be embarrassed for a second, my friend. No, you're an inspiration.
4: I am. um, I'm. I think I'm in better shape now, physically and mentally. And. Spiritually, more than I've ever, ever been in my entire life. You know my story, Eddie. You know me back to front. Uh, Again, I don't think you'll speak, and I know you speak to a lot of my friends. You probably want to speak to a more grateful human than yours truly this year.
2: Well, I mean that's that's phenomenal, man. Happy birthday! I did not I did not realize that. So so this (laughs) and you know the the other thing I was going to ask you about you mentioned this before Coverdale, who of course you attended the Hall of Fame with and went with and Mm -hmm. are friends with. You know Coverdale did very strongly embraced his Purple history, which of course is equal with you. You were both in the band at the same time, doing a record, doing a tour, the White Snake Purple album, and all that. Mm -hmm. Now you're doing it. Have you guys ever discussed the possibility of the two of you going out and doing purple together
4: well you know the story about uh, eight years ago before john passed john david and i got together to talk about trying to do another mark three reformation of course we couldn't get richie on the phone <laughs> who can by the way uh, and david and i since then over the course of the last seven or eight years have spoken about anything we do together david and i should be something to do in the in the realm of deep purple, and I think Ed, I think that time probably just passed now because we're both so busy. Of course, I've got you know BCC on the on the on the back burner all the time now with Joe Bonamassa, and that will probably continue.
0: And with my solo
4: career, and with and by the way, Eddie, the show I'm bringing to New York next Saturday at the Westbury, going through to September 22nd. These shows I'm doing in America mean so much to me. I'm in the middle of, I think I've got another, we're going to do this tour until early 2020. There's going to be a, there's going to be two more American tours next year where I'll hit the Midwest, of course, and I'll hit the West Coast and the South and all the other parts. It's going to be a long, long year for me.
2: So you're going to stay in purple mode for a while here. Uh, the dates for people to 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 let everybody know if they if you go to glennhughes dot com you will see them. But it all kicks off here in the U S. Uh, on Long Island, Westbury, on the twenty fifth. And then you go to yeah. Connecticut, uh, Jersey, Sony Hall in New York, uh, Delaware, and on from there. Pennsylvania, uh, a bunch of dates through through PA and Maryland and Ohio and New Hampshire and Rhode Island. So go see Glenn if you're in those areas of the country. Again, just yeah. find the dates on the site, and then you guys see you're taking it overseas again and, and going back to the UK. Yeah. yeah. What's the band? What's the band you have together to play this stuff, Glenn? Who who are you playing with?
4: Okay, That's a big question because I'm just changed my band again. What I want to do, but you know, I keep saying you know me, but I wanted to take away. I wanted to take the Glenn Hughes solo band out of the equation and add something a little bit more. I would consider to be more deep purple, you know, meditated. So I brought Jeff Coleman back on guitar. You know, he's one of my favorites.
2: Yeah. Amazing player. In
4: my opinion, can really crush the Blackmore vibe. And, I've got um, Mike Mangan, M-A-N-G-A-N, who plays keyboards with me and Matt and Duff and Gilby in Kings of Chaos, who's an Hammond organ specialist. And I have an Ian Pace kind of sounding drummer from Sao Paulo, Brazil. So what I'm saying to you, Eddie, I'm changing the game up to bring what I consider to be the more appropriate players for this kind of a show.
2: Well, I know Jeff, he's a tremendous player, so that sounds that sounds like it's going to be great. And, I mean, hearing that band play all this material is just going to be absolutely no. stellar. Have you recorded any shows doing this, Glenn, for either video no. or live? Well, I'm actually
4: now it's starting this Saturday recording B-roll footage for me. I'm doing some kind of uh, documentary stuff. It's time for me to get into that, Eddie, as you know. And we will uh, we will be doing some vi- videos of, of a couple of shows, maybe two or three shows on this l- run. Maybe something in Moscow in, in mid November, uh, because I want to get some of this stuff down before I go somewhere else. You know uh, what I'm trying to say? To you, I don't really want to multitask with this. I want to continue this vibe what I'm doing with Glenn Hughes performs classic Deep Purple live. For for the window is open for me to do that now what I don't want to confuse anybody. Look, I want to make a record with Joe Satriani, as you know. I want to do a BCC5 when we get around to doing that. But everybody is so damn busy. But this guy you're talking to now, I'm bloody busy. So let, long may that continue
2: yeah well of course it's great to be busy and uh you certainly are and you've got some great stuff going on with this so you are you did i know you did two live bcc shows as far as black country communion is concerned that's going to continue to be a recording project you're gonna you you, you'd be, like to make you know, a another record don't
4: know, i you know we're such good friends and, and you know he's a, so busy i love him so much Joe and I had so much fun writing BCC4 that we want to do another one. It's just when that window, Eddie, I keep talking about that bloody window, opens where we can actually not just make uh, another record, we can actually go out and play some play some shows. You know, I want to play some shows. And Joe wants to play some shows, so long may that continue.
2: And Glenn, one more thing on Purple. You know, the current lineup of the band is actually starting a tour tonight. They're going out on a tour with Judas Priest right now, and I'm going to be actually doing a, something with them through Mexico for their for their cool. tour there. And and this is their final. Uh, they're they're calling the Mexican leg at least the the final farewell that they're kind of saying goodbye. So they seem to be winding down. And I know there's only one member of that band that was in the band at the time when you you were, of course, and that's Ian Pace. But right. what is your what is your relations with with those guys? Do you do you have dialogue with them? I mean, I mean, what was the vibe like coming off the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? How do you feel about them sort of wrapping oh. up? Oh, uh,
4: Now, Eddie, Eddie, you know <laughs> my answer to that. What I won't do is get into too much grit and, 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 and horror stuff here. I have no relationship with anyone in that band. Um, there's just no relationship at all. David and I have no relationship with those fellas. Um, nothing bad or good to say. It's just we just don't see each other and we don't communicate. As you well know, being a, a historian from bands from the 70s, who, who just talk to each other from that period, But the fact of the matter is we are still all, you know, doing what we're doing. I only want to wish all of them, whether it's Deep Purple Mark 10 or whatever it's called, and David uh, and myself doing what doing, uh, just uh, everybody's just doing what they're doing and having fun and, and bringing the love back to the fans.
2: Well, I look forward to seeing you do this, Glenn. And I, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk about it. I think it's really exciting hearing the, the thing about it is anybody that knows that they call this man the voice of rock for a reason, because he can still belt it out as Somehow, from the, the heavens above, as well as you ever did, it's remarkable. Even on your 67th birthday today, my friend, happy birthday. That is absolutely fantastic. You, Eddie. And, uh,
4: and, and, Eddie, I'm coming your way uh, this weekend. I, I know you're kind of busy, but I want to see you in the next week or so.
2: Oh, I'm going to see and, you. Uh, yeah. I'm going to see you. I, I'm looking at maybe the, the date in Jersey, I'm thinking, uh, the Stone Pony, which is on That's the 28th. I'm actually on vacation next week, and I have a house down by the Jersey Shore, so it'd be great to break away, get away I'll from the kids for a little bit, or maybe I'll bring I'll the kids and let them see it. Uncle Glenn. <laughs> well, bring the kids. Bring two down. Eddie, it's just sorry, I want, I want to let all my
4: fans know. I'm bringing this to America simply because I'm. I live in this country. I'm now a citizen. I I love you. I love all of you. I want to bring rock music back to the front where it really belongs, and I I want to continually grow and live in America and bring it back to the people that love it.
2: Well, Glenn, thank you for the time, my friend. Again, everybody go to com because we have listeners all over America and Canada. So keep an eye on what the man is doing. Follow him on Twitter as well, just at his name, at Glenn Hughes, and uh, and go see the shows. I will see you next week for sure, Glenn. And enjoy your birthday, okay, and say hello to your wife. I will. Well, my thanks to Glenn Hughes and, of course, my thanks to Klaus Mina of Scorpions, my guest this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. See both artists with their respective bands currently on tour in the U.S. and around the world, actually. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Again, new every Thursday. And be sure to follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Eddie Trunk. And, of course, EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. See you next Thursday for another all-new episode. Catch me every day on Sirius XM 106 Volume. I'm on vacation this week, but I'll be back on Tuesday after Labor Day. Enjoy the long holiday weekend, everybody. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week.
1: On the producers' guide, why are they letting you make these
2: movies? Check out Todd Garner's interviews with Rob Riggle. Fi is the Marine Corps motto: Simper Gumby should be the producer. Always flexible. Marlon Wayans. My dad's not funny. He's really annoying. My mom curses him out, and that's where we found out comedy. And Eli Roth. I liked 16 Candles and First Beeler, but I was waiting for the nudity. I hated those movies. I thought it was the death of cinema. The producers' guide with Todd Garner every Thursday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Remember to rate and review.